Hello, beautiful people. I'm Danny. And I'm Britt, and this is the Gay Cousin Club Podcast. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> it is 2024. Woo, we oh, did it. We made it. Let's call the Go first team. meeting of the new year to order. Oh, my God. That was so good. We are starting off so strong in 2024. Yeah, we actually remembered. <laughs> so I have a couple of things to share, none of which are that exciting. But because I because I've talked about okay. my friendly ghost on here before, for those of you that are listening in reverse, <gasps> I have a haunted house. I live in a haunted house, but my ghost is very, very nice. And in the past, she has opened the door for my husband when his hands were full of groceries. It was a locked door, by the way. And she opened the door for him. Those doors are hard to yes. open. I lost a shirt and it just randomly appeared a year later, like a linen shirt. So easily wrinkled if I had dropped it somewhere, if it was pinned somewhere in my closet between clothes. I had like torn apart my closet, gone through it, couldn't find it. A year later, I was like, it was this summer. I was like, you know, I would really like that shirt. It's like great for summer weather. And it's perfectly laid out, like steamed, like not a wrinkle. It's just laid there beautifully for me. Then She's a classy gal. She is. And then a couple weeks ago, I had a horrible dream about Danny's daughter. And I like was very upset. So I woke up and I was like, for some reason in my half asleep brain at four o'clock in the morning, I was like, It'll, it's okay. I'll wear my bracelet from her and she'll be fine. Because <laughs> I have a bracelet from my niece that I wear every day. And... Okay, then, but also we always like pick up on that juju and like yeah. we have a vibe. We like, let each other know. We're always checking out with, yeah, because it's like something's happening. I don't yeah. know what it is, but something's happening. But in, in my mind, if I wore that bracelet, she would be fine. But then the bracelet wasn't where I always leave it. It was just gone. And I realized it's because the night before, instead of taking it off and putting it on the shelf in the bathroom where I get ready, I had left it on the dining room table and one of my kids must have moved it and it was just gone. I couldn't find it. I knew it was lost somewhere in my house, but it's okay. a, a big house. Pause. So the fact that she was freaked out, she did reach out to me and then oh, yeah, I was, I was just, just on that. like, hi- oh, okay, sorry. Um, but I was on like high fucking alert that day. And um, because of that, as I was driving my daughter to daycare, a car ran a stop sign and like I was on high alert. So I was like super. Because I, I had texted everywhere. her. I had a bad dream about, about your daughter and I can't find my bracelet from her. I don't have a good feeling. Is she okay? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, she's fine. But then I was like, okay, just like pay attention, whatever. So I was driving way slower than I normally do. I was like yielding at all these roads where like I did not have to yield. And I'm so glad I did because like I slammed on my brakes. And if I wouldn't have, they would have gone straight into my daughter's door going at least like 50 miles an hour. And that's nuts for in the city too. They're getting like, they had no reason to be driving that fast oh absolutely not such bullshit but anyway so i'm really glad that like we always tell each other if we're having bad vibes and we always check in but like then last week or the week before week before it's been the holidays so everything's been a blur but the week before last i'm laying on the couch which i lay on the same part we have like an l couch i lay on the same part of it every single night so if there had been this bracelet sitting next to me i would have seen it plus my dog always sits there we have to put blankets on the couch because he has weird skin issues It's gross, but whatever. (laughs) So, like, I would have seen it because I change those blankets, like, pretty often. Anyway, so all of a sudden, I, like, having a conversation with my husband, and I had been up and off the couch multiple times throughout the night watching our show, getting snacks, whatever, because I'd be snacking. And I come back, I sit down, and it's just laid out perfectly right next to where I sit. It's covered in, like, cobwebs and stuff from wherever it had been lost in some corner of my home. 
Also, I keep a clean house. It's old. It gets cobwebs. I'm sorry. But anyway, so, <laughs> and it was just laid out there right next to me. And I texted Danny immediately. And I was like, she just returned it. Like, she took it to make sure I would warn you that something was up. And then she returned it when she was done. And she's just the best ghost. I love her so much. She is. She is the real MVP. And I appreciate her so much. Thank you for saving my baby. <laughs> yeah. This is not a haunted podcast. Um, It could be, though. So many stories. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I'd like to share. Oh, yay. Okay. I have a tummy ache because, <laughs> well, because I always do because anxiety. Her but... name on here is my tummy and her pronouns are hurts. And that's not making a pronoun <laughs> joke. I take pronouns seriously, but that's just every time because Dini is always logged on before me because she has to set up the tech side of it. And when I log in, then she that's the first thing she sees is my name. So I just try to make her giggle every time. Promise I'm not an asshole. And it works. It does. So, but anyway... I, you know, like, I don't really drink much, but last night, oh, shit, it's been a, it's been a, it was a night, okay? My husband's on a weird shift this week, oh, so no. I'm alone with my kids, and one of them is just being a real, I, I don't want to call him a bad name on a recording, but he's not been nice. So anyway, you want to guess which one? The youngest. Yup. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, so I had a glass. We share the same vibe. Yep. Are you sure he's not an Aries? <laughs> he may as well be. We, um, I... I poured a glass of wine to have with the pasta that I made us for dinner because I was like, I just, just a glass of wine with this pasta. That's all I deserve. I just like, mama needs it. <laughs> all right. And I don't drink much, so I kind of know it's going to hit me fast. It's not a big deal. But it gave me, it. first of all, it had like the weird, like acidic tang that hot Pepsi does. Like what? Ew. Or, or like cough syrup. That's the only thing I could compare it to. And it was bad. What? It was bad. I'm going to, okay, you're going to have to. Was it like something that had been opened for a long no, time? No. And it's, from a local winery and it was so bad and i was shocked i've had i've had a couple weird bottles from them so i don't really drink them anymore yeah i i'm tapping out of that one it was bad but so i had that had the worst headache of my fucking life tried to go to bed and i like couldn't sleep and i couldn't like get up to go downstairs to get medicine because i felt so ill so when my husband came home for work really late at night i texted him and i was like can you bring me tylenol and he came up and it's like way past when i should have been sleeping so he's like are you okay i was like i am not okay and this morning I woke up, felt like I had the worst hangover. I was like nauseous. My tummy hurt all day long. I had a headache. I had the shakes over one glass of wine. That wine was balls. And I was so looking forward to drinking wine while we chatted tonight. So what I did instead is I made decaf coffee because I'm an old lady and it's nighttime. <laughs> and I put a bunch of Bailey's Irish cream in it. And it's really good. I'm very happy for you. Oh, you know what? What? How do you have a tummy ache? Irish cream. It's like cream cream, isn't it? Like, oh, bro, oh. yeah, no, you're gonna bummer. This is gonna be a rough night. <laughs> okay, those are my dumb stories. I'm done now. Sorry. So I'm drinking this raspberry tart beer, and I am very proud of myself because we've discussed this before. I don't like beer, but I've liked um, different sours. I, this one isn't a sour, or at least it's not labeled as such. And uh, it was a beer that my wife got for her birthday, and she's sharing it with me because she is kind. That sounds delightful. So speaking of. Um, no, I probably shouldn't talk about the super exciting, super cool thing. No, you uh, should t- talk about the exciting thing. Talk about the exciting thing. The exciting thing. Okay, well, first, before the exciting thing, um, so I feel like we always get down on ourselves with the podcast about, like, we don't do enough, or, oh, sorry, we're so late, blah, 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 blah. But today, I was making a TikTok-y. Not me. I don't give a fuck. No, I'm just the- kidding. Oh, shoot, I didn't watch the TikTok you okay. sent me yet. Sorry. Watch it right now. Okay. With that, the 2023 season Oh my god, why am I actually tearing up? This is right? so cute. Okay, so it was just like one of those like 
um, templates for like a 2023 um, uh. wrap up. And I just took screenshots, not even of all, um, but like of most of our Instagram posts and a bunch of our TikToks, not even all of them. And it filled up like over 60 slides. And like seeing it go by, it's just like this little 18 second thing, but seeing it go by and like that rapid thing, I was like, I am so fucking proud of us. That is so cool. Like, I know 18 seconds. Like, how does that make you feel that proud? I was like, us starting new jobs, like going through mental health, having young kids, like That's doing true. the damn thing. This being. Up- I always forget that we both started new jobs. Exactly. Like, right as we started this. Like, about th- three weeks like, from now was a year jobs, ago. Like, new careers. Exactly. And, like, yeah. all of that, on top of this being a hobby and us not knowing how to do literally any of this, it was so fucking cool to see like how much we've done in just a year oh that's really sweet yeah i do think like we i mean this is episode 28 in a year i feel like we probably could have gotten out more than 28 but honestly we did we always just want this to be like a fun yeah but we want it to be like a fun hobby too and yeah. not like a, oh my god we're busting our ass to get this done and it's another thing to add to our stressful lives so yeah and like I december like a fun outlet. i feel like both of us were like oh i'm sorry i can't this week because of this sorry i can't because of this and like we were about to record and then my wife's grandpa passed away so we're like sorry yeah. uh no can't got like funeral dealing with family stuff and like mm-hmm. it wasn't one of those where i finally feel like i kind of realized that like i'm not gonna apologize at the beginning of every episode if like we're not on a two-week also basis. that probably gets really exactly, annoying to to. exactly it's like who fucking gives a shit like we're doing this for fun the loyal listeners are listening and that's like really fucking cool also are you guys okay yes we appreciate you but, like it's been really really <laughs> fun and it was really cool to like have that like tangible piece of evidence of like look at what we've fucking created and been creating yeah oh that's super fun that's super cute i'll definitely get that posted i was gonna say tonight but i'll probably forget so i'll get it posted very very soon so our very but exciting very exciting news is that um brit and i had our twin not twin telepathy again and um well one no, of no, our fi- no, no it wasn't at the same time though a week I know, ago that's why it's not twin <laughs> no but a week ago today i was sitting in my eye doctor waiting room and i was like man you know what danny would love for her birthday tickets to her favorite podcast live and what is that podcast danny and that's why we drink it is as i'm sure you've probably picked up on because she's referenced it many times um, but I thought even the it, way it, that I, I'm like, what are you drinking today? <laughs> yeah, I love it, too. And actually, I've been doing what you did. I've been going because I always listen to it like um, present day. But I've been going back and like listening to all their old episodes first. That's all I've been listening to for like the last couple months, actually. It took me like um, a year. <laughs> I know it's going to be it's going to be a while. My goal is to be caught up by April when we go. But anyway, we're going to go see them live. And so uh, I a week ago sitting in my I had your waiting room. I was I texted my husband. and I was like. It would be so cool to take Danny to see them live. And when I looked it up, they had one like the week of her birthday. It's so perfect. So we want to go see them live. Danny texted me, to, but I was like, oh, it's not a great week for me for work. And Danny will probably say no because every time I ask her to do something, she's like, let me talk to my wife. But then she never gets back to me. And I really think that's just her way of saying she doesn't want to hang out with me. It's, it's literally like when, the ADHD like, and I forget. No, it's like when we were growing up, if you ask our mom something and she was like, ask your dad, then you know it's a no. Like, yeah, because she's not going to let dad's decision fly. But anyway. So then she texted me today and she was like, with, with like the, the tour dates. And I was like, girl, I've yeah, been back I literally for like just sent week. you the link yeah. to the to the posting. I'm like, I'm not even going to say anything. Just link. <laughs> yep. So I got I, I bought us tickets for Danny's birthday. I'm so excited. And like, hey. we're going to 
get a hotel and we're going to hang out probably for the weekend. That's very exciting. Cool. All right. You want me to tell you a story that's not going to bum you out? I really do. I have been reading a lot of really sad things and I just started a book right now that is amazing. It's so good, but it's about a school shooting. So like as I was signing on, I'm like... I really need this not to be a sad story today. Yeah. Well, since your last request was for the Dark Purple Menace, a.k.a. the potentially cursed Libby Holman, because you thought her story so was going to be a silly, goofy time, um, yeah. and it ended up traumatizing the shit out of you, I decided <laughs> to tell you... It was not a silly, I, goofy time. It was not a silly, goofy time, but I know what you were looking for. You were looking for basically like a fuckboy girl, and... Yeah. And I've got her for you. I've had one in my back pocket since before we started this podcast. This was like one of them that I always wanted to do, but I wanted to wait till I got better at this. And oh since we're still terrible at this, that's just not going to happen. So I'm going to tell her. I'm so I've, excited. You have delivered. Yeah, I actually referenced her back in our first episode, The Ladies of Ellen Gotlin. She was a visitor at their home. Um, this is the story of the no. woman often called the first modern lesbian or Gentleman Jack the one the only Ann Lister and if that name sounds familiar to anybody Gentleman Jack is a very fun show on HBO or Max as they it's HBO whatever um so I I recommend it it's a fun time so Ann Lister now now are you familiar with her other than like what I've told you about her in the past I still I still haven't looked her up or anything because you kept saying like that you were going to be doing it and it was going to be good so I'm like okay I will ignore it but I have been wanting this one yeah. so bad i felt she's not as like wacky as libby but she has that like fuckboy vibe that i think you were looking for last time so i love um, it i love it yeah yeah so like i said she was known as the first modern lesbian um she was a wealthy independent landowner not married into Ooh. it uh, who was renowned in her time for just she always like dressed in black she dressed quite masculinely for her time she was basically like the 19th and yes it's 19th check that like the 19th century equivalent of that's a throwback the century thing to other episodes where i've fucked that up repeatedly um anyway (laughs) she's she was basically like a butch lesbian or a mask lesbian um and her flirtation with women (laughs) yes you do you have a type for sure um and her flirtation with women was so open that she was sometimes mistaken for a man in disguise um so she became known to locals as gentleman jack People say that her, like, so-called, quote-unquote, like, lesbian lifestyle was considered, like, the best-kept secret of the time. But literally, it wasn't. She got that nickname for a reason. Like, people had their suspicions. People knew. And she wasn't really – she was secretive about some things, but she was quite brazen about others. Um, So, I'm going to kind of go about this in a different way. Um, Well, you know I like a chronological story. So, I'm going to go chronological through her lovers, and then we're going to tie in kind of – the the big parts of the story that she where she kind of like left her left her mark okay i am intrigued with the storytelling mastery <laughs> well i don't know about that um anyway there are plot points <laughs> this is certainly not as dramatic <laughs> story as dramatic a story as we've done in the past but danny needed something a little bit lighter today so i feel like um, everybody does damn yeah. after the holidays Ugh. we all need something a little light we need eating that heavy food <laughs> So, anywho, Anne was born on April 3rd, 1791. So, her birthday is very close to me. <gasps> in Halifax, so we're in England, um, to Jeremy Lister, the, the younger brother of James Lister. I only mention that because he was the owner of what's going to become a very important part of the story, um, the sprawling Tudor-style Shibden Hall. Um, Shibden. 
That's yeah. a great name. I just yeah. want to say it. it rolls off the tongue. It Shoot. still exists today, as many of those um, old English houses do. Um, it's a historical house in West Yorkshire, England, but it is temporarily closed, according to Google, as of Sunday night. <laughs> um, it didn't. So Anne actually lived, she, she didn't completely grow up at Chibden. She lived at her mother's smaller estate at Market Wayton for most of her childhood, but she visited Chibden a lot. Okay. Okay. So, Even their small little places. I know. Get, like, I know. Individual names. Like a Why full don't we name. get names? My Why don't the we name get of my names? my kids don't call our house home. They call it Yellow House. Yeah. So like if they're just done with something, like if we're at, like visiting family and they they're over it, they'll, they'll be like, "Mom, I want to go to Yellow House." Okay. So that's okay. I just kind of I picture it like capital Y, capital H, Yellow House. Yes. Name name our homes. Okay. So first one apartment. I would name that shitbox. It got condemned. <laughs> like we we had to move because it got condemned. So, oh, like, like the, our childhood one. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. My only memories um, of that place were having pots and pans everywhere to collect the falling rain, and my dad setting me on a countertop and pulling glass from my foot. So ooh. white trash home. Uh, yeah, yeah, we were. I was two and a half when we moved, so I don't remember it. Um, yeah, I, I remember a little more. Brittany's first memories: trash. <laughs> actually, no. My very first memory ever, actually, when I gained consciousness. Um, was coming out of mom and dad's waterbed where I was sleeping with mom into <laughs> what was like a makeshift living room with a Christmas tree. It's actually a really wholesome first memory for being That's at cute. a nice place. <laughs> um, the farthest back I can remember is holding a bucket to my head in the car and mom saying, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. So of course yours would be vomiting. It's either... From when I like stabbed my head when I was really young and like oh. holding a bucket for the blood, or it was like when I was like five and I just learned how to burp, um, how you could like force yourself to burp by kind of swallowing air, but I didn't really. And then you got yourself it, so I just really really sick, like hospitalization, sick. Like, yeah. hospitalization sick. Where like then I couldn't like stop throwing up and stuff. So. That's it, how you got that illness. I, I thought you had a mystery virus that we never understood. You're a fucking moron. I love yeah, you so no, much. it was that. Okay, <laughs> okay. To be fair, I don't know. Like, I I was like four. It could have easily been that I actually had a virus, but in my head, I'm connecting it to I learned how to do this. But um, no, I'm pretty sure it's because I just had too much air in my tummy all the time because I was like <gasps> swallow. That's because like it became like a tick. Like, I couldn't stop myself from doing it anymore. How did we not know like, you had OCD? Like, I'm, and not just I'm, like, oh, my God, I'm so OCD. I need to clean. Like, she has diagnosable OCD. Yeah. Diagnosed like, OCD, I mean. Yeah. Like, it, bad at times. We're like, yeah, it became a tick. I don't know why I was doing it, but I, like, couldn't stop myself from swallowing air. And, like, my tummy got so, so, Okay, so, I take so back huge. the moron comment because now it's, like, making a lot more sense that it was for sure <laughs> melted illness. But, yeah, okay, yeah. anyway. So it was it was one of those memories. I don't know which one it was though, because apparently I had a bucket both times. <laughs> so we're near houses. We have shitbox. What was the house yes. that we grew up in until high school? House on the hill. House on the hill. Yeah, that's fine. That makes it sound like very stately. It wasn't. It was like a little ranch house, but we lived on top yeah. of a big hill, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Um. And then what would you name? What would you name the last one? River house. They're all oh, very that creative makes it names. Sound cool. It, it, they sound all cool. sound much, except for shitbox, they sound much cooler than they are. It's still, it's Honestly, a cute Honestly, yeah. It makes but... us sound really, really uh, fucking, like we started off, started from the bottom, now we hit, we Wait, went from we... shitbox to house on the hill. Started the from the bottom, house. made it to lower middle class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I love uh, that. 
what were we talking about? Oh, okay. So she visited Shivden. <laughs> you know, we're two lines into the, my early life. Excellent. Okay. So um, Anne was born after her parents had lost two sons in infancy. So she was one of four surviving children. So she had um, two brothers that were oh. still living and her sister and her. Um, so when Anne was seven, she was like a little tomboy for sure. She was sent to what was called a Dane school in Ripon, where she would learn to Dane? be a lady, a lady of her time. So there she was taught like to dance, um, but she ended up enjoying that. Like she liked music and stuff. Um, but then by the age of 14, so we're, it's April 1805 now, she spent a year or she was sent to, to um, the manor school in York. So she was there for a little over a year, I think. Um, okay. So anyway, it's an elite girls boarding school exactly what you would picture basically a lot of these like finishing schools right for sure yeah like 41 students small fancy dancy um so she was there until the summer of 1806 so yeah a little over a year so while there she already had interest in music but now she was exploring strong interests in literature and agriculture both of which would um, inspire her love of traveling in the future as she got older but the most noteworthy passion she explored while at manor school was a girl named eliza rain Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> <So> Eliza. <laughs> Eliza. Eliza was the daughter of William Rain. He was a surgeon in the East India Company, and Eliza and her sister Jane had been placed under the guardianship of William Duffin, a York surgeon, following their father's death. So kind of all these more like higher society people. Yeah. Um so Anne and Eliza began in a, a friendship, but it developed in intensity um pretty easily because they shared an attic bedroom called the so they were just historically close roommates pretty i don't understand what's happening here well basically they're like assigned roommates and it's like a very like college freshman girl kind of story you know like you're (laughs) not i mean not my story my college (laughs) my freshman roommate and i did not hit it off that way but i could talk i could talk a whole episode about that year jesus christ we're gonna skip that Uh, anyway so analyze my my freshman roommate was amazing yeah she was yeah anyway at school, they shared that bedroom. It was a pretty natural progression. So, like, their friendship developed in intensity. They were able to pull off a relationship pretty easily without getting into too much trouble. Um, but Sharing a bed just because it's really cold in the winter. Jeez. It, yeah, they're up in the attic. It's cold. Um, <laughs> but it got so intense that they declared that they wanted to spend their lives together. So well, That's always risky. <laughs> after Anne left that school, so she's about 15 now, they're writing to each other. Um, and in the summer of 1806, Eliza visits Halifax for the first time. So, you know, she's there Canada? for some time. Huh? Is Halifax in Canada? Nova no. Scotia. No, bitch. We're talking about she visited. She visited Anne's home. <laughs> We're in England, Diddy. Halifax is like... in Nova Scotia, isn't it, though? Diddy, we're in England. I know, but like the city Halifax. I don't know. Oh my god, we're never gonna get through this story. I'm so fucking stupid. I'm very sorry. No, Halifax is in Nova Scotia, but we're in the UK. Like the story takes place in the UK. Okay, you said, but that she visited Nova Scotia, or no? I didn't. I never. Yeah, she. (laughs) Eliza visited Anne. Oh my god. Okay. Anyway. All right. Excellent. We're not in Nova Scotia. So stupid. I'm so stupid. You're not stupid. You're just a little confused. So she stays for weeks at a time kind of like trips at that time obviously they took a while so they stayed a while so eliza stays there for a while that 
trip left an impact on Anne. And this would be a like, triggering event that led her to keeping a journal. That doesn't sound like books, okay. but it will become very important later. I remember you talking about her journals. So through her relation, oh, actually her journal, we'll talk more about her journals later, but that's the one I told you she visited the ladies of Langotland. Do you remember that like really yeah. rude, rude um, explanation of what they looked like? Yeah. That was from her yeah. journals. Yeah. Oh, makes me so happy. So anyway, through her relationship with Eliza, Anne was introduced into the York social scene because we're kind of that like upper class. And mm-hmm. as her circle of friends is widening, as she's getting to know this like kind of like socialite group. Eliza begins to realize that she's losing Anne's attention to another woman. And this would oh, be no. Yeah, this would be a theme for Anne. Girl was a player. So, in 1810, Anne meets Isabella Norcliffe. At this around this time, Eliza suffers a huge like mental break essentially and declines steadily for years. And in 1814, she's put under the care of Dr. Belcom. I mentioned the name because it's going to come back later, a York doctor. Um, Anne would visit her often, but this is basically how Eliza spent the rest of her life. And mm-hmm. historians seem to think this was triggered by Anne's relationships with other women. Like, it, oh. they say it, like, drove her insane. I'm There was likely underlying issues here. But, Obviously. But, yeah. Really sad. So, Isabella Norcliffe is the next. Um, she, a little background, she was born in 1785. Again, um, you know, eldest child of a wealthy landowner, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Thomas Norcliffe Dalton and his wife, Anne of Langton Hall. Langton Hall will come back again later. So we see this pattern for Anne. She likes to attach herself to women of means. Mm-hmm. Um, by 1810, as Eliza, you know, she had kind of suspected, Anne was doggedly pursuing a, this new relationship. She was fascinated by the wealthy. She loved this, like, sophisticated lifestyle, and she felt like she deserved it. So she was really interested in the Norcliffe family and was especially drawn to how like self-confident they all were. She loved the way people of wealth and like high social status carried themselves. So that's what she aspired for. Okay. So one might say that Anne was a bit of a social climber and was kind of eager to learn the ways of the socialites. And it kind of made her use people a little bit. Um, Seems like it a little bit. Yeah. Isabella, on the other hand, she was six years older and definitely knew more of the world than Eliza Rain had because, like, Anne and Eliza were just young girls together. Um, Isabella's more mature and she's got this status. So, But despite all of that, she becomes, like, equally just enamored with Anne. Uh, and throughout the rest of their lives, they remained close friends and occasional lovers. Um, oh, that's cool. Even, even when Anne was in other relationships. <laughs> not as um, cool. Not uh, as wait, cool. Wait, okay. Yeah. So, you know how in Hamilton there's... Eliza, like, right? How like, I've never seen it, but I know of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, um, is a is it Isabella or is Isabel? Isabella. Okay. So in um, in Canto, there's Isabel, <laughs> and they sing her name also. So like each time you're saying one of those, like the sing songy of it is going off in my head right now, <laughs> and it's like it's tickling the my brain in a very day. nice way. ADHD. Who is that? Who am I quoting? I don't know. Renee Rapp. Me? Do you know who she is? I recognize the name, but I don't know who that oh, is. Oh, child. New queer icon. Ooh, okay. Look her up on TikTok. I'm obsessed. I right want now? her to marry me. Whenever. But anyways, okay. I love her so much. Um, So it seems like Isabella definitely wanted more than Anne was able to give her. She didn't just want to be her hookup. 
Um, she was ready to make Anne her partner for life. Um, but Anne rejected her, which she's the one with this higher status that Anne is, you know, aspiring to have. But Anne disapproved of Isabella's drinking. Um, so this was a huge blow to Isabella and she remained single for the rest of her life because she was kind of just waiting on Anne. So she's like just leaving these girls down and out. Um, I know. She just seems to be like burning through them as she makes her like goal to climb to the top of the social ladder. So Shit. her next recorded romance is with Mariana Lawton. And this one is shown in the Gentleman Jack series. She's the okay, daughter cool, of... cool, but I don't have a song for her. <laughs> so she... <laughs> Shush. She's the daughter of Dr. Belcom. I mentioned him earlier. Dr. Belcom yeah. was the one that cared for Eliza. So oh. she so Is that how she met her? Yeah. Oh. Fucking messy. Is that weird? That feels weird. It's weird. It feels well, kind of icky. Technically that's not how they met, but that is a connection that already existed. That's messy. So <laughs> it, it gets worse. Day circles. <laughs> yeah, right. Mariana and Anne first met at a house party. It gets worse at LinkedIn Hall. LinkedIn oh. Hall, if you remember, was the home of Norcl- Isabella Norcliffe's mother's family. No. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Messy. Oh, my God. Fucking messy. Like, and lesbian I circles are wild. And I college queer circles I know. <laughs> I know. Holy. I know. I know. Okay, 19th century. <laughs> I know. That makes me and you flirting with the same girl in college less embarrassing. Does <laughs> <laughs> it? That was still so fucking embarrassing. And I'm sweating still even thinking so about awkward. it. Oh, God. It's so bad. So shameful. Okay. You uh, moving on. Yeah. Yep. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. As Isabella would come very much to regret later, she actually introduced Anne and Mariana. Um <laughs> Yeah. And they would become, I regret my choices. Right, right. Okay, so remember, throughout the rest of her life, Isabella and Anne hook up, right? But throughout the rest of their lives. Anne and Mariana were lifelong lovers, and Anne considered Mariana the love of her life. So she's hooking up with Isabella on the side with other women, but she considers Mariana the love of her life. Isabella Ew. stays single and still hooking up with Anne after she hooked Anne up with the love of her life. <gasps> she a dirty dog. She's a dog. I she's love got that dog her. in her. She is <laughs> fascinating. She would have ruined our lives in college. I um, yeah. Except I looked up pictures of her, and I'm gonna say it's the 19th century. Just isn't doing it for her. Um, but the, did you the see hairstyle. the picture where? Yeah, but did you see the picture where it looks like someone drew her with their eyes closed? <laughs> it's, they're not super complimentary. No, she has um, like a giraffe neck, and her face is yeah, red. yeah. Well, the actress that plays her in Gentleman Jack is very attractive. I think the way I she's styled, <laughs> the way she's styled for the time period, just doesn't do it for me. But that's I mean, but, teach but I own. saw her in her today. Her, her oh, she's hot, man, and I'm like, hello, hello, yeah. So, Speaking of, I looked up Renee Rapp and hello. Okay, yes, she's beautiful, sure. But what I'm obsessed with is her personality. Like, watch her TikToks later, okay? When you can't sleep, go to her TikToks. She's hilarious. And actually, like, like, look, she look could up step interviews. <laughs> oh, she could run me over with a car. I want to drink her bathwater. Like, call me Sultan, okay? So sorry. <gasps> that was so- fucking. Raunchy. I'm so sorry. That is I'm so the sorry. raunchiest you have ever gotten on here, and I'm so proud of you. 
I'm so, so sorry. sorry to I regret not be it. The skis bag. I'm not the skis bag this time. Oh, I'm sweating. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm keeping I, that. I let the fucking hilarious. I let the inside thoughts come out, and I, I feel very vivid. So funny. But have you watched Saltburn? I've watched it twice already. It's so good. Watch Everybody what? Saltburn? No. Oh, girl. I've watched I've it twice already. Reading... Do you want to watch it this weekend? I'll watch it with you. Yes. I've been reading so much um, smut lately. <laughs> I haven't been watching any TV. <laughs> well, I was going to then... just say, oh, I've just been reading. But no, I've been reading only smut. smut. <laughs> okay, but Gay smut. Like... It's so cute. See, but that's the thing. People who have never like read anything like that especially anything like queer are like thinking it's like the most shocking horrible thing they've ever seen and i'm watching it like whoa some of this is shocking for sure but at the same time i'm like get it son yeah but yes okay so definitely gonna need to watch that this weekend when we hang out i promise i'm not a degenerate but also i did make my spouse watch i did make my spouse watch it with me and he he like the whole time he was like wait a minute is he about to no he's not gonna oh fuck he did it But I loved it. I thought it was so good. The storyline is so good. It's like three different movies in one to me. It's so good. I loved it. Barry Keegan. It's just one movie, or is it? It's one movie, but Barry Keegan. I didn't know if it was a series. It's like three different. No, it's so good. It's so good. Okay, cool. It's by the same woman who made um, Promising Young Woman. Did you ever watch that? (gasps) Yes. Two very different vibes, but still like that. It left me thinking just as much as that one did. But in okay, a very different cool. way. Yeah, that yeah. movie left me feeling very uncomfortable for a long yes, time, and I that loved one bummed it. me the fucked up fuck out. But it was really good. This one mm-hmm. afterwards, I just want to dance around my ho- house and be a degenerate, and I that's fine with <gasps> Yay, me. Yay, so. that's always yeah. the vibe I want. Yeah, we'll see. We'll report back next time and see how Danny feels about it. Maybe okay. I'll like I'll try to like record some of her reactions for TikTok. That would be really um, funny. You should definitely do that. Okay. Um. Where was I? Oh, yeah. Oh, Isabella. Oh, girlfriend. Isabella. Yeah. Oh, every way. Fuck. Oh, with Renee Rapp, don't just watch her TikToks. Watch interviews of her because she's so funny. Um, But anyway, so Isabella introduced Anne to Mariana. Mariana is Anne's lifelong lover and love of her life. This fucks Isabella up. She remains single for the rest of her life. Okay? That's so so sad for her. Anne, just like me with Renee Rapp, immediately attracted to Mariana and pursued her with an intensity. I just watch her TikToks with an intensity. Um, so they <laughs> fell for each other, and the two women vowed to spend their lives together. However, because there's always a however, uh, Mariana actually is the one who threw a wrench in the works this time. On March 9th of 1816, so time is moving really quickly. 1810 yeah. is when Anne kind of left Eliza in the dust, and now it's 1816, and she's on to like the third one. Um, <laughs> yeah. So March 9th, 1816, Mariana Reminds marries me Charles. Of college. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, anyway, so she marries a wealthy treasured landowner, much older man, um, Charles Lawton, and becomes okay. the mistress of Lawton Hall. So much like Anne, Mariana clearly values like status, financial security. Given the time period, what other options do they really have? Yeah, I mean, it- we've seen that a lot where it doesn't really matter if they're in love with the other person they also need to like take care of themselves and for most people in that time that meant marrying someone Mm. and considered this like infidelity you know because she really saw mariana as her life partner so she's heartbroken right um 
But aside from jealousy, Marianne's marriage had other consequences for Anne throughout their lives. Because remember, they continued to be lovers. Like, they were still oh. in love with each other. Um, <laughs> the, this didn't stop their relationship. Things just got messy. Um, they carried on their, you know, relationship for a number of years. Kind of, they would, you know, meet as friends. And when the man was out of the house, they do things that friends don't do. Uh, but Gives me very they, Abe Lincoln and his yeah. bodyguard vibes. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. They see. Wait, not the bodyguard. His oh, the the soldier, the soldier. Yeah. So they yeah. they seem to have kept up with this idea of ending up together. Like they still, even though Mariana was married to someone else, they still seem to feel like they're going to be together eventually. But it just it wasn't going to happen with Mariana married to this guy. And to further complicate things, as I said, it was going to have lasting con- um, consequences for Anne. In 1820, Charles contracted a venereal disease from a servant, <gasps> apparently. You rat bastard. Why am I so shocked and like mad at him? He just because he had the disease. The other one was fucking around too, Danny. Exactly. Yeah. But (laughs) Anne caught it from Mariana and it was incurable. So she remained infected with this for the rest of her life. Oh. So. Yeah. That's so shitty. PSA. Get tested, cousin. But throughout. Did they say what it was? Was it syphilis? It just. No, I don't think so because that's like a degenerative at that time it would yeah been, yeah at least. this it just it's That's said, like a death the, sentence well they refer to it as the venereal taint let me see what that is i'm wondering if it's taint, lol oh it says on the pox okay, cool. on the lower regions i have a feeling this might be the Ooh, it says the itch the clap the pox so it could be any anyway get tested it's important and well be safe out there oh is but, po- the pox what? like herpes I, I would assume so through all of this, their hopes of eventually being together were never realized, and you better believe Anne was having other affairs with other women, include like not just Isabella. Um, but that didn't stop Mariana and Anne from still getting together when they could. It seemed like this was really the one for Anne. Um, in her journals that we'll talk more about later, she would always refer to M. M was Mariana. Okay. So throughout her relationship with Mariana, like I said, Anne was still meeting other women. Um, and she met Maria Barlow, a widow during her stay in Paris from 1824 to 1826. Anne won over Maria's affection, but she didn't consider Maria's social standing and financial worth up to her aspirations. So this girl just keeps getting women to fall for her and then burns them, which they don't have enough money. Fucking yikes. Oh, that's so shitty. What a douche. Danny, you wanted a fuckboy and I delivered. So. Oh, no, I'm happy with it. The tea is (laughs) piping. (laughs) My coffee is cold, but yes, the tea is hot. So (laughs) Anne continues her affair with the love of her life, Marianna Lawton, during her relationship with Maria, while at the same time still seeking her so-called suitable life partner, who would allow her to climb the social ranks. So. Are you with me so far? I know it's like kind of a complicated web we've been weaving, but I'm about to make it a lot more complicated with Anne's final relationship. I feel like we need the props like we did with Sarah's, but okay. I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> okay, so you're good so far? I'm okay. I might need to start grabbing tchotchkes from my desk okay. to make well, This is our last one. It just gets confusing because her name is also okay. Anne. So oh, calm down. I know. And with an E, Lister is who we've been talking about. Anne, Anne, mm-hmm. and Walker is her final relationship. Can we so just Anne, call her Walker? I'm Yeah, I'll, I'll use like first and last names. Don't worry. Um, so Anne Walker was the younger daughter of John Walker, a woolen manufacturer who owned uh, the properties that were adjacent to Shipton Hall. 
So, again, landowner, wealthy, but this time in close proximity. So Anne Lister first becomes familiar with Anne Walker because by this point in her life, Anne Lister was actually living at Shibden Hall. If you remember in my little, like, preamble, I mentioned that... That's like where... Sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. Go ahead. It's where, like, her family was from, right? That's where her uncle lived, right. Um, But, and I had mentioned that Anne visited there often and she was one of four surviving children in her family. So Mm -hmm. after the unfortunate deaths of her brothers, John and Samuel, Anne was actually chosen to inherit Shibden Hall from her aunt and uncle. Oh, cool. So, yeah. So at the age of 22, with her sister Marion, she goes to live at Shibden Hall. Marion actually inherits Market Wayton, but is often staying at Shibden Hall as well. So both of these women are landowners now, which is very impressive for the time. It happened, unfortunately, because, like, their families all died. But yeah. um, but at 22 also. Yeah, and like, there wasn't the stipulation. Hey, maybe of, oh, she doesn't need to go, like, start stupid around everywhere. Like, look, you're a landowner now. Do you yeah, have to, yeah. like, like, people just for their worth? And that's the thing here. She had higher aspirations than this property. So mm-hmm. Anne does go on to permanently live there, and she's living with her aunt and uncle at Shibden Hall. They're still alive. Um, but she has no fondness for Shibden Hall, really, and for this area. Because you got to think, like, the biggest states at that time, the, there's the hall that she lives in, but then all the surrounding lands, there's other people that live on that, and she collects the rents from them. That's how she makes her money. Okay? Okay. Um, and then there's also sometimes, like, different farms and stuff on there that she would get money from. But for her, this is still too, like, kind of rural, rustic. Yes, exactly. Um, To give you kind of a picture, we're talking, like, the the area of England that we get stories like Withering Heights, Jane Eyre, Secret Garden. Yeah, I was picturing Withering Heights. Yeah, that's the vibe. So inheriting Shibden Hall allowed Anne to achieve her goal to flourish as a businesswoman. Um, So she – but she wanted to do more, Okay. She wanted to run Shibden Hall, but she wanted to run it and become wealthy. So as as you might guess, unlike most ladies of the time, Anne wasn't looking for a husband to run the property. She was doing this herself. She was going and collecting the rents. Um, so similar to Anne Lister, Anne Walker, the gr- younger one from nearby, she finds herself the heir to a great house. Um, tragically, both of her parents died in 1823. So Anne Walker, who was oh. only 19 at the time, inherits a substantial fortune. And by 1830, due to her brother dying, she becomes an even richer heiress. But That's so sad. But then it, it also is. makes me really nervous because, like, I'm like, other Anne, Anne with an E, are you going to, like, she's 19. She just lost everybody. Are you going to go, like, gold dig on her? Like, and that she's might a, be... a young, impressionable woman. Yeah. Like, I, I can't speak to the fact of this part, but in the series, Gentleman Jack, this is something that was like addressed by Ann Walker's family, like her extended relatives had concerns mm-hmm. about that. But also they're like, they might have wanted to control the property. So it's hard to say. But anyway, yeah. by 1832, Ann Lister, so she's our Gentleman Jack. She's just kind of over it with trying to find a, ty- a woman with a title. She just feels like it's, I'm not going to ever find exactly what I'm looking for. So she starts courting Ann Walker and she's kind of like, seems like she considered it settling, which is fucking awful. She's oh. like a young woman. She seems nice enough. She was beautiful. She had money. She had land. But it just doesn't seem like it was good enough for Anne. I think Anne wanted Mariana and she didn't get Mariana. And I think that's what it really, like in my opinion, that's what it comes down to. But that at least makes more sense than being. Take my opinion like with a grain of salt, like a couple douche. hundred years later. So, yeah, but yeah. So, 
Anne was a nice enough woman, she, but she was really shy and she was apparently known to have some mental health issues. I think today we probably would have considered it like um, anxiety and depression. Uh, but at that time, they would kind of talk about like she would fall into these dark phases or hysteria, you know, that kind of bullshit that uh, they said about same women. Same yeah, Right. Same. Same. Anne. same. It, it, to me, like like you were saying, it feels a bit like Anne Lister was kind of taking advantage here. But I mean, who mm-hmm. am I to say? But it does feel like you found somebody who's vulnerable and you swooped in. But whatever. You got, but, uh, you got Orphan Annie who has mental health issues. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of money. Yeah, it kind of definitely you're feels like. trying to be a social climber. Yeah. yeah. And you're wanting to expand Shipton Hall. But. So feels Anne a Lister, little she, gross. She dressed, yeah. She, she dressed like a man. She ran her property like a man. And she decided to move a woman into her home just like a man would. So. The two women finally began to live together at Shipton Hall in September of 1834. So she moved Ann Walker in as her partner. Or as her friend. But. People, people do what's going on. Um, <laughs> this is so, just my roommate. Yeah. Ann Walker had the social standing that Ann craved. So, you know, in line with Ann Lister's disregard for what's considered socially acceptable, she made it her goal to marry Ann Walker. And they kind of pulled it off. So, Ooh. not like an official marriage, but they did get a blessing in a church and had, you know, a union and they took communion together. So, you know, for people in the religion, they're essentially married. Um, And there's now a plaque on the church wall in the Holy Trinity Church in New York that commemorates that. So that's kind of interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Sadly, though, like, they're, as you can imagine, kind of with how it started and Ann Lister's attitude, the marriage wasn't happy. Things weren't going super well, but they did travel widely together. I mentioned earlier that Ann Lister had a love of traveling. It was always a passion of hers. Um. I mentioned earlier that, you know, she was on a trip to France when she met that wealthy widow, Maria. Like, she had also visited places like Switzerland, Germany, Scandinavia. She had plans to eventually visit um, the Middle East that she didn't get to do. But she had scaled mountains. Um, she scaled Mount Perdue, the third highest mountain in the Pyrenees, I guess, in 1830. She was the first amateur mountaineer to reach the summit um, of one that I forgot to look up the pronunciation of in the French Pyrenees. <laughs> but... So, you know, she was, even though their marriage like was not super happy, they were still going on all these, like, extravagant trips together. And when they were back at home, you know, Ann Lister now has the status she always wanted, and she kind of took it upon herself to get educated about how to manage this estate, because it's, like, 400-some acres that she had inherited. Um, so she's got re- revenues from, like, the rents that I said. There was um, quarries with mining. So she wanted to educate herself on how to really make it successful and elevate the business. Makes sense. Um, you don't want to fuck it all yeah. over. Yeah. And she was a successful businesswoman in a male-dominated society. So whether or not she's a really bit of an asshole, cool. that's very cool. Yeah. Um. So she did come to love Shibden, but she said it was like a comfortless house and she wanted something more grand, something a little bit more imposing. So once she had full control of Shibden in 1836, following the deaths of her aunt and uncle and met with um, an architect and talked about all the changes she wanted to make those changes would happen but she would never see it oh. um yeah so Anne had always dreamed of going to russia and she finally left shibden with ann walker on what would be her last adventure in june of 1839 this trip oh, to okay. russia ended pretty suddenly with ann lister's untimely and kind of shocking death in 1840 at the age of 49 due to a fever 
Oh, oh no. Yeah. So following Ann Lister's premature death in Russia, Ann Walker, the the wife, continued to live at Shibden Hall until her mental illness kind of made it impossible for her to run all these estates. So in 1843, she was placed in a private York asylum run by Dr. Stephen Belcom, Maria Lawton's brother. Small area, apparently. Um, so yeah. later, she she is transferred back to Shibden and then eventually is just sent back to her original home at Cliff Hill. Um, it was called Light Cliff. And that's where she lived out her final years and died at the age of 51. So she also tragically died pretty young. Wow. Because yeah. of her illnesses. Yeah. I know that seems and, like a very And how quickly ending, she seemed to have deteriorated definitely shows like that she did really truly care for Anne. Yeah. Or at least well, I got relied on her. The other people in her life that probably took care of her before that, though, had also died. Mm-hmm. So, so if she is kind of fragile and she's on her own now, even if it wasn't Anne, I think she would have had a hard time regardless, which is really sad. So. I know that seems like an abrupt end, but I still want to talk about those journals, okay? I said that that was going to be really important. So mm-hmm. if Anne Lister's sexuality was supposedly a secret back then, how do I know all this about their relationships, right? So How, Brittany? How do you before, know? You know, when – so Anne started keeping this journal. Well, it, it like wasn't just any journal. This was like pretty intense. She uh, cataloged her love affairs with other women and her <laughs> tactics for seducing them. Shut she extensively off. chronicled – her sexual dalliances. In she her made a diaries. playbook. <laughs> but it was along with like her travel and her business and stuff. She took notes on everything. She was just an extensive di- diarist. And it comprised about 7,720 pages or around 5 million words. Whoa. Yeah. So they began when she was 15, like I said earlier, and continued up until her death at the age of 49 in 1840. Um, the earliest entries I talked about earlier kind of talk about her relationship with her first love, Eliza, at the manor school. But throughout her life, she writes more about, like, everyday topics, like I was saying, current events, business, travel. It's just, like, a really – it's it's a cool kind of anthropological look at a woman's life in 19th century yeah. England, especially a woman's life in 19th century England who doesn't want to live that life. So Fascinating. Yeah. Um, and a woman who pretty like brazenly decided to live it how she wanted to. So it's cool that we have that text. Um, so the most interesting part, in my opinion, though, is like destroyed. Yeah, we're talking about that. Um, the part that really stands out to me, of course, um, is like one sixth of it. So one sixth of these five million words um, were detailing her intimate affairs and sexuality. <laughs> but they were written in code. And that's what's so interesting to me. Oh. She developed her own cipher. Um, she she called it crypt hand, and it was made from numbers and Greek letters. So she had like long, long journal entries written in code, and I think that's so interesting. So it does that's give us so like a unique cool. idea here. She had these relationships, but also she was careful. She knew well enough how dangerous it would be to just have it in bold print about what was really going on. Yeah, because I mean, it's one thing for people to call her gentleman Jack. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So it's just a really unique view, too, into how Anne saw herself. Um, she didn't use the word lesbian because we didn't have that at the time, but she did call her, it her oddity. Her sexuality was her oddity. Um, but she was comfortable with it. Not it, wasn't, it didn't have a negative connotation. She pursued relationships with many women, and she talked about wanting to find a wife. She was very clear about all of that. So you talked about how did these survive, right? 
Yeah. So after her death, Anne's diaries were found. They were hidden behind panels at her home. So she she hid these because, again, she knew better. But yeah. they were eventually discovered, not that much later, in the 1890s by the last resident of Shibden Hall, her relative, um, John Lister. So part of the diary code was actually cracked by John Lister and a friend one night. And that's where it came to light about Anne's you know, lesbian like, like for okay. sure that it, you know, like in, in plain text, it was there. John's yeah. friend was like, you need to burn these. Like you need to destroy this. Cause you got to remember. Fuck you, John's friend. Well, I know. <laughs> but at this time in the UK, homosexuality between men was illegal. We've talked about this a lot before. Yeah. But lesbianism faced lesser repercussions. Um, but the discovery of who Anne really was would have been a huge scandal. And especially as yeah. already being a female land, an independent female landowner, she would have been fucked. So John Lister did decide to keep the diaries, but he keeps them hidden in the panels of Shipton Hall. Why? Why would John risk That's this, right? so dangerous. What if there's a fire? John was gay himself. <gasps> he oh. didn't want to draw attention to his own sexuality by revealing the discovery, so he put them back. So after his death, mm -hmm, after his death, Shibden Hall becomes a museum and then Anne Lister's diaries are eventually found and they're housed at the West Yorkshire um, Archival Service. And then it wasn't wasn't until the 1980s, 1980s, that researcher Helena Whitebread visited the archives and she began work on decoding these diaries. She never knew what she was going to find. But... Wow. She was able to publish two books on Lister's diary spanning from 1816 to 1826. And it's just such clear, like, blatant discussions of female sexuality. I wonder actually- how they knew about the the ancestor finding it and decoding it and putting it back then. Oh, that's a very good question. That I'm not positive about. I will. I should look into that, though. Okay. I wonder if he added anything or if people knew that about him. Like, if he told somebody else that he found it. Because also, how did they find it behind the panels? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I mean, if you were doing any sort of, like, remodeling, whatever, anything like that, it would make sense. But, like, for her to find it and then decode it in the 1980s, like, how would we know that he had decoded it and because of what he found, put it Mm. back? Because It had to have been shared with somebody else. Exactly. That information had to have been shared. Like, who? Yeah, who that other person Mm -hmm. is, too. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder if it's the friend. I wonder who the friend was. Hmm, good question. Anywho. um, Oh, yeah, yeah. So these diaries, they were so blatant in their discussion of female sexuality that um, some believed they were a hoax. They thought um, Helena made it up because they were like, there's no oh, way wow. somebody would have written like that back then. But they were verified. They're proven to be real. And the publications are now seen as like just... Oh, a huge cornerstone to this like lost lesbian history. Uh, author Emma Donahue declared the Lister Diaries as quote the Dead Sea Scrolls of lesbian history, which I think is oh my god, cool. that's so yeah. cool. Yeah, that really um, just shows the historical importance, the value. Yeah, um, I have a little quote here from Anne's journal from um, January of eighteen twenty one. She said, "I love and only love the fairer sex, and thus beloved by them in turn, my heart revolts from any other love than theirs." It's just so like straightforward Hot. cut and dry <laughs> i love women women love me men gross me out and i'm like amen sister <laughs> i love it so yeah much. i love it too she's like it, it's kind of like the quote we read back um on the ladies of Lynn gauntlet episode when she described what they looked like she's very like straightforward she doesn't <laughs> around the bush it's not very flowery yeah um so in 2011 then 
Lister's diaries were added to the UK memory of the World Register in recognition of basically their cultural significance to the UK, which is so, so cool. Yeah. Um, and at the time the article I was reading was published, at least, the West Yorkshire Archive Service that they were originally housed under were um, undergoing a transcription project. So they were trying to transcribe the entirety of her diaries. So all five million words. Um, and the goal is to make every page of the diaries freely available for viewing by the public, as well as like That's searchable so by neat. yeah, searchable by keyword and subjects. So you can learn more about the property, about just the era, about her businesses, her travels, her affairs, about how she seduced the women, <laughs> her playbook for how she seduced the women. Teach me your ways, <laughs> says the one with the wife. Yeah, um, I don't want to. No, thank yeah, you. You're, you're good. Um, so. <laughs> Obviously, I, I've got my qualms. I've got some qualms about how Anne oh, yeah. treated some of these women. I've got qualms. Um, her tendency to love them and leave them was a little icky, but she was fucking bold as hell. We can give her that. She was. She was a fuckboy, but historically, yeah, fucking she was a, cool. A landowner, businesswoman, wife, traveler, lesbian. And if it weren't for these extensive diaries and her family's willingness to preserve her story, we might never have known all that she really accomplished. Um, and I think I mean even yeah. what she adds to the ladies of Lingotland story exactly and I'm yeah. sure to other people's other queer stories of the time because of her diaries like we would have lost so much history yeah well and if, you, and if you remember her writing about the ladies of Lingotland at that time she was so fascinated by how these two women lived together and she strived for that and yeah. it's cool it, it's such a great example both of like her relationship their relationship her observations of the culture it's I've always thought this story was just the perfect example of we've always been here. You know, okay. you can say like, oh, there's so many more people than there ever. Were. No, there's not. We've always been here. We just talk about it now. And yeah. people were talking about it then. They just had to be careful about it. I don't have to make up just, a code now. They use I can put words. A, exactly. I can put a microphone in front of my face and blabble to people on the Internet. <laughs> oh, that's actually really cute. I'm gay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you are. And that Ruined is. the moment. <laughs> The story of Anne Lister, Gentleman Jack, Gentleman the fuckboy herself. <laughs> Go watch Gentleman Jack. It's a it's a fun show. You said it was HBO. Yep, it's on HBO. So, perf. So that's the story of Anne Lister. I've been putting this one off for a while, but it's a fun one. It's got some like heavy stuff and some like slightly icky stuff, but it's lighter, and I felt like we needed lighter. I'm really excited. It's like we're we're book market book ending it a little bit. How like our first episode was Ladies of Long Gotland, and now the first episode of the year is. Um, Gentleman Jack, oh, yeah. I like it. I like the continuity. Mm-hmm. I like that too. Well, it's been grand. That's been fun. Well, friends, you can find us on whatever podcast platform you're already on, I guess. Go listen to our other episodes. Rate us, review us, but only if that's nice because we're sensitive. <laughs> um, you can you tell them about our website. Our website is thegaycousinclub.com. You can find all of our social media there. You can find past episodes. Um, and for a limited time, you can still find access to our merch store. But remember, that's going to be shutting down at the end of January. Who knows? We might bring it back at some point. But we've told you before, we're not making money off of but this. But probably not for a little while, yeah. Cost- yeah, yeah, it's about to start costing us money, and I don't want to do that. So if you want any merch, mm-hmm. now's your time to do it. And if you don't, cool. You do you. All right. Fair enough. Brittany, I'm going to close this out. Meeting adjourned. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.